I'm Larissa, and I want to help you find the best strategy for communicating the magic and wonder of your jewelry brand so you can thrive by doing what you love and filling the world with beauty and creativity. Welcome to the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Larissa Wurstiak. Through this podcast, I aim to empower and inspire jewelry entrepreneurs and innovators so they can thrive by doing what they love. I'm passionate about digital marketing for jewelry brands, and I'm excited to share my passion with you. This is episode 113, and today I'm going to be sharing another exciting and fun interview, this time with Derek DeMauro and James Wright, who are the co-founders of Ziggy. So what is Ziggy? It's a social selling solution for the direct-to-consumer channel. As Derek described to me in a blurb about the company, quote, Ziggy is LinkedIn, Instagram, affiliate networking, Match.com, Shopify, TikTok, a global marketplace, and e-commerce analytics, all mashed up into a single little app. Whoa there, are you intrigued yet? So Ziggy makes it really easy for someone to set up an e-commerce shop quickly or even to integrate an existing e-commerce shop to allow for greater sales possibilities, specifically in the realm of brand ambassador partnerships. Ziggy helps brands easily connect with influencers and ambassadors who want on their own to have the power to sell products through their own e-commerce storefronts. It's also a super powerful content sharing tool. A brand can create content for their ambassadors to post and then the analytics behind it all makes it clear which products, ambassadors, and content are actually driving sales. I'm going to be honest, I'm rarely impressed with new tech tools and apps, especially when it comes to e-commerce. I've seen a lot. I actually met Derek through his wife, Jennifer DeMauro, who is an independent jewelry designer and one of my clients, and she actually uses the Ziggy platform for her own e-commerce site. She is so super excited about this platform that she's like, you have to meet Derek, you gotta do a demo of this product, and I was like, okay, sure. I went into it with zero expectations, kind of let myself be open to the experience, and I was seriously impressed. This does not happen very often, so when I have that feeling, I know that this is something special. I immediately told Derek that I needed to get him and his business partner on the podcast to talk to you about Ziggy and about e-commerce. But before we get all that, before we get to all that, I want to share some marketing related news and insights from the past week that caught my attention. So according to one recent article in JCK by writer Emily Vesland, Boucheron is catching on to the movement toward genderless design in jewelry with their new, I'm totally going to butcher this name, Histoire de Style Art Deco Collection, which they created for Paris Haute Couture Fashion Week. The catalog that accompanies the collection showcases both male and female models wearing the jewelry creations, which are heavily inspired by Art Deco design. Of course, having a line of genderless jewelry designs isn't for every brand. I'm not saying that everyone should go out and do that, especially if your target market is specifically men or women, but it's really um, an example of the fact that knowing your customer, constantly asking the question, who is my customer right now? Who do I want my customer to be? And how can I keep meeting the customer where they are can really help guide your product innovation in the way that you present your brand to them. So I just wanted to share that example with you. I saw another article or an article roundup in a publication called Artnet about the art world that is about some really interesting product placement. So the luxury jeweler Bulgari is partnering with Sotheby's to target the auction house's wealthy jewelry loving audience according to the article quote during one recent event auctioneer oliver barker mentioned that he was wearing a watch by the brand and that specialists were decked out in bulgari earrings necklaces and brooches definitely a brand that knows its customer knows where that customer spends time and then finding ways to get in front of that customer 
I'm kind of curious to know what you guys think about product placement. Does that seem like it's something that would be appropriate for your jewelry brand? And then finally, Social Media Today recently shared some insights about video marketing for 2021. The key trends that they came up with are First, Instagram Reels, which if you aren't using, it's a tool that I recommend at least experimenting with, continues to be a relatable and engaging way to connect with your customers. Two, video is not a one and done strategy. Creating and sharing consistently is the thing that's ultimately going to drive real-time results. No surprise there from me. I mean, everything about marketing is never a one and done effort, so kind of obvious, but important to remember. And then finally, at a time when people are seeking out connection, sharing stories with video can really help humanize your brand, um, help you show empathy toward your customers and give your brand a personality. Those are all really important things to remember and reasons why you should start experimenting with video if you have not done so already. If you want to get the links to the articles I share in this segment of the podcast, you can sign up for my email newsletter by visiting joyjoya.com slash sign up, and you'll get a digest with the links every time a new episode drops. So without further ado, I want to share my interview with Derek and James of Ziggy. I hope you enjoy. So tell me a little bit about about your background in the e-commerce space. What brought you to the very moment that you decided you had to launch a new platform? It's a great question, James. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this and I'll hand it over to James because James is really good with this intro. Um, we, whether you can look at it as a pro or a con, we had no experience whatsoever in the e-commerce world. Um, and we really see that right now as a huge advantage. Um, and everybody we talk to can tell that it's a huge advantage. And I'll have James elaborate on that, but it's been one of the most um, exciting things that we're not limited by our previous experience, which we would be if we did, you know, what we did in the past. Right. James. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, it's spot on. And I think, I think, you know, when you're, when you're doing anything, you, you always want to act as if you're an expert. And that you've done it before, <laughs> and you know one of the funny things in Silicon Valley, and just in tech in general, you're you're raising money constantly, right? So you're always out talking to people, and these are really smart people, and and they're really trying to understand, you know, how did you that exact question? How did you get here? And, and at some point, you know, Derek and I are at the age we just said, you know, we do, we're just gonna we're too old to lie. We're just gonna be transparent. Like we had no idea. I mean, literally, we got together in 16 and said, we should do another company. We've done a bunch of startups before, and we said, we should do one, and let's just do it based on trust. We both had, you know, Derek's a technologist. He's an engineer by trade, but it spent time selling. I've led sales teams um, and organizations um, anywhere from, yeah, uh, you know, being the first salesperson into a company to to a small startup all the way to running you know thousands of employees and and so at the end of the day it all boiled down to trust and i think we both wanted to do something that was trust focused and the trust was really between a seller and a buyer and at the end of the day usually you buy from people you like and you buy from people that you trust and it's not always do they have the best product it's when something breaks are they going to be there to fix it do you like them as an individual do you not buy into the story, but are they, or do you genuinely like the person? And do you, you know, do you, especially when you start thinking about things like jewelry, because jewelry is really art. And so, you know, you buy from an artist as much as you buy from just a piece of jewelry to wear. You want a story that goes along with that piece of jewelry that makes you feel a certain way. So for Derek and me, you know, as technologists, we, that was really what we set out with. And it's been a road, you know, if you talk to our wives, like, well, you guys just hurry up and launch this thing. Um, <laughs> and it was years. And, um, and, and so we built three platforms, actually, all based on the sort of sense of trust and, and, and um, communication to, to sort of better the relationship. And it wasn't until I think 2019, and, and I wish I could take credit for it, but it was Derek who just said, you know, we just, I, we, we kind of come to this realization, oh, wow, we've, we've talked to thousands of small independent brands all the way up to the largest companies in the world. And we've really figured out there's a bigger problem. We have to redo everything. And to sort of come full circle on what Derek was saying around, we didn't have a lot of experience and that can be an advantage. Now we talk to people like, 
the people have been trying to figure this out for years. How did you get, and these are, these are people that invented the industry, you yeah. know, that, that, that invented influencer marketing that funded, you know, shot the Shopify's of the world. And the, and not only that, I mean, they're Netscape, right? I mean, they're old school, like the, they're, you guys figured, we can't believe you figured it out. How did you do it? Well, if somebody <laughs> had told us how hard this was to do, we would have never been able to do it. So, and, yeah. so that, that's kind of where we got to today in our background. Yeah, literally say it's great. We were just on a call with someone that it, we won't use the name, but they're like, everybody knows who these people are. They invented one of the first like web websites with like affiliate marketing and all these different kinds of things. And um, this woman was on, uh, we were on a, a call and at the end of the call, she goes, I've been talking to people for my entire career about how to do how to do exactly what you're doing and nobody's ever figured it out. How did you two figure it out? And we looked at her and we're just like, I don't know, luck, I guess, <laughs> a little bit of luck, <laughs> luck and ignorance. <laughs> and just like, she's like taking like, her head, like you guys are onto something so great. Yeah. Um, and of course that makes us feel fantastic. Right. I think there's such a great lesson here about marketing. Um, I personally, I don't know if you've ever read the book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, but it's basically a lesson about marketing where he says, first, you have to figure out your values and what whatever it is that you stand for. And then the product or the service should kind of be born from that. So it sounds like mm -hmm. trust and creating trust was like your main value. And then you built a product around that you didn't necessarily have the experience specific to that industry, but you actually had a core value that was needed. And I think that this is a common thing. I see a lot in entrepreneurship. Like I listen to the podcast, how I built this a lot. I don't know if you guys I do too. To that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the most recent episode was the founders of seventh generation, the like uh, paper towel how household mm -hmm. item brand Earth friendly yep. paper towels yeah and, like that, right? and yeah. he and so that founder he ended up going on to found also magic hat the beer company and he said i knew nothing about beer i had no idea like how what this space was like but mm -hmm. my goal was to have give people something fun to bring to a party and like be that cool thing that like someone brings to an event. He's like, the beer kind of was like a backseat to that. And I so think that that can apply to the jewelry space, but it's super hard because jewelry is often the product and the reason why people get into this, but they don't realize that it's kind of like secondary to all the other important stuff, like the core values, the story and all of those things. Yeah. Um, and Larissa, obviously, you know, my, uh, you know, my wife, um, and, uh, she did, she, every, all she ever talks about, I mean, she's a wonderful jewelry designer, but all she really talks about is how, how she wants it to make people feel. She wants them to make them feel strong and empowered and beautiful and all these things. She doesn't talk about like, you know, I don't know. Oh, I want to put another gym on here because that's going to change it all. She talks more about how to make them feel all the time. And that's very much in line. Right. Yeah. And that's absolutely. her like core, core, core thoughts around it. Yeah. Would she feel comfortable uh, sh sharing her brand on this podcast? Do you want to share her name? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to do a shameless plug for her. Yeah, do a shameless her? plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. So, yeah. So, my wife uh, is Jennifer DeMauro, and it's Jennifer DeMauro Jewelry at jenniferdemauro.com. Um, and she was, uh, she's always loved to design jewelry. She was a school teacher for many years and then decided one day she came home to me really early on in a relationship and said, I want to do what I, I want to do what I love. And she started many iterations of her jewelry line. And this last one uh, that she's released, which is, and she really focuses on fine jewelry. And you, when you see it, when you go to jenniferdemore.com, you'll see exactly what I mean. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm her husband. Like I look at a lot <laughs> of jewelry nowadays because she's in the jewelry business and I'm doing what I'm doing. Her jewelry is beautiful and she's getting a lot of attention from a lot of people. So um, yeah, and she's super excited, super stressed at all times too, but super excited as well. Uh, cool. I think it's, it's uh, you know, par for the course, but yeah, jenniferdemore.com. I love a shameless plug. <laughs> of course, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so coming back to you guys, um, so why, like, what was the moment for Ziggy? I know you said you went through like a few iterations of this platform that you were thinking about developing. Mm -hmm. Where did you get to the point where you are kind of, now and how has it evolved over that time? Yeah, I think 
I think the big moment for us was, I mean, I can remember it pretty vividly. It was December of 2019. And the Derek and I had, had been talking to some pretty substantial brands, um, some in Europe, some in the US, um, a bit bigger. And, you know, the thing about Ziggy, it's a platform. So any type of product can be sold over it, any product or service. Um, and we were close. And what we realized was we were just really a piece of a bigger platforms, uh, if you will. So we were we were tying into other web shops. We really didn't control the entire supply chain, if you will, of of, of the platform itself, from you know the actual e-commerce to the checkout, um, the you know ability to share and integrate with different systems. Um, and that's when Derek literally just said, you know what, we've built companies our whole lives. Why are we? We're, we didn't we're not in this to be a plug-in into somebody else's platform. We're in this to do everything. And, and we both just said, yeah, we both agreed. Let's just rewrite it. Just, just, just scrap it and build it again and make it amazing. And we also said one other thing that I think was, is really the, you know, trust was what Ziggy was built on. Um, but there's two other aspects to Ziggy, which I think are, is is really important, which is, you know, grit is important for us. And I know, you know, that's another one of my favorite books just around, you know, you have to be tough enough to stick with it yep. uh, because it, it doesn't come on your first try. And, and you've got to you've got to fail a lot and test and try. And we just weren't going to quit. And we knew that. But the other was, you know, we really wanted to do something amazing. I mean, that was we didn't want to be just another money-making small product and, and pitch that. If we were going to do it, we wanted to do something so revolutionary that people were just going to flip out when they saw it. And, and it was either going to bomb or it was just going to be a Tesla. You know, a it was going to be... There's a huge yeah. danger in innovation a lot, a and, lot of times. But we keep asking ourselves that question. We know we have the grit to fail three times and and then come back and do it one more time. You know, four years of just, you know, three and a half years of just banging our heads against a wall. But then coming back and just saying, you know what, let's we'll do it. Let's just go all in. And we did. And it just it's paying off. Um, and so now, you know, we launched the platform in October. Um, 60 brands came on immediately, which is pretty big. Uh, and um, considering just out of the gate, um, we didn't even do a beta. We just launched, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Although we did do a, we did do a, a beta with Jen. So she was our beta tester, uh, Jen Demore. Well, so, and just, to, uh, and, and, and with that, just, and, um, yeah, you know, with, with Jen, you know, you, you ask about what gave you the idea. Um, one of the, one of the things, and this is really something that's really dear to me, uh, to myself and to James and Jen and everybody um, that's close to Ziggy. And everybody knows the story internally, of course. So I spent a long time um, watching Jen, you know, you know, her, her passion, like I was saying earlier, is creating jewelry. She's a jewelry designer. That's what she calls herself, right? I'm a jewelry designer. Um, and so she'd make this amazing jewelry, but then the struggle of everything else that she had to do, which was, you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to this, which was, now I got to set up a web shop and then I got to make it look nice. And then I got to go to social media and then I got to pay for ads. And it's really like this, it's a, it's such a struggle and they're all, and most people are doing the same thing because there really wasn't something better to make them, to help them along. And what, you know, in the conversation with Jen, we go, all right, so let's do something that allows you to do what you're best at. And then let's allow people that love to sell, that love what you do, really help you along. And so that's been a real, I would say like the impetus of like, you know, where Ziggy really took off from. Mm -hmm. That makes so yeah. much sense. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. So would you consider Ziggy to be, you had to describe it, is it an e-commerce platform? Is it a social selling platform? How do you pitch it in your own words? Yeah, so we're we're both actually. Um, we 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 talk about ourselves as a social selling platform, but I think our fundamental belief is because we came in with really no understanding of the the industry in many ways. I mean, we did have some. Um, you know, we'd worked with eBay and 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 you know Shopify and other other companies that we've actually sold to, so we understood fundamentally what they did. But at the end of the day, we 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 just thought about it as how should it work. 
Um, if we, and that's how we based on like, if we're salespeople, how should this work? How do people sell? And so we just, we looked at it from, with, from that, through that lens. And I, I think when you think about what we're doing, we, we just believed that websites from the beginning, web shops from the beginning should have been built with social selling integrated into it. And if you think about the concept of a, an e-commerce site, it's really not, People, you know, shop. Sorry, e-commerce vendors talk about it being, you know, them being a social selling um, platform when they're really just okay. They integrate into social media, but an e-commerce site is really just a modern day catalog. It's the evolution of catalogs, and you know, you didn't call it a, you know, a a a book catalog or something like that. It's like it's e-commerce is the evolution of a catalog. So we just believe that we're just iterating off of what e-commerce should have been from the beginning. Now we look at them as partners because all, every single one of the customers we work with today has a web shop. Mm-hmm. And so we just leverage the inventory and a lot of the information they have to be able to expand into the Ziki network. So we build it so that we just integrate with what was there and make it operate the way it should have. And then we're building not just for solving the problems of the last five years, but really addressing the next 10 years. So we're really integrated into what's there, but we're building it for what's coming in the next 10 years. Right. And one of the things to note is, oh, sorry. Uh, Oh, it's okay. um, Oh, yeah. So one thing to note, too, is. So James is right on with like all these people we're talking to and we're talking to really, you know, we talk to all size companies, like really large brands that are doing almost a billion dollars in sales to one to two person shops. Um, And so if you do have a web shop on any platform like a Shopify or a WooCommerce or a Magento Salesforce, there's a whole slew of them. You can integrate directly, you know, into Ziggy to go ahead and get, get, get the reach to the Ziggy ambassador network um, or the Ziggy creator network. Um, However, we also have the ability to just spin up a shop on your own without ever having to use any of the other ones. And the mindset is, I want to just, I want to get a shop up. I want to put my products on the shop and then right away, I want to distribute them out and have people help me sell right at the end of the day um, and really build these relationships with these people and then have them build relationships and so on and so on. Um, So we really, you know, when we talk to the different brands and we talk to investors and we talk to them, they go, who's your target market? And it's like, well, it's really everybody. Anybody that really is loves to make products, and you know, it's for them. I don't. We don't care the size, right? Great. Yeah. No. So, social media platform like Facebook, obviously, they're seeing the opportunities in social selling and have really innovated their own um, selling platforms like Facebook Shops, Instagram Shops, the ability to do like in app checkout on Instagram, for example. So, all mm-hmm. of these different innovations have, have come up in the past year or so. How do you feel that Ziggy is similar or different? Is there any sort of integration or opportunity to use all of these things together? How can you make sense of that for an online seller? Totally. James, you want to take that? Well, I think, I think there's two answers. One is, you know, the, so what we really do is we, we enable a brand as Derek was saying to build up a Ziggy shop, if you will, and then connect with their local community of ambassadors that work with, or connect on our Ziggy ambassador network and connect with ambassadors that want to sell their products. And so the biggest challenge today has been for influencers and affiliates is they don't actually have the product. So they can't integrate into a, a, a Facebook or an Instagram. And so the first thing we solve is we enable these influencers ambassadors to fully integrate. So people can actually check out in a, in a post, it's a shop, you know, and check out with a shoppable post and not only from one brand, but multiple brands, which nobody can do. Um, so we sort of upgrade Facebook and Instagram in many ways. Um, but the other aspects, the other aspect, just independent of just expanding the reach of, of say, a, a designer, there, there's an evolution going on in social media. Um, and, and if you think about Shopify and Facebook, they were really part of e-commerce and social media 1.0, which is where you connected with your friends. Um, that, that was the original reason to go on to Facebook, connect with you know, your local community and your local friends, people you knew. 2.0, social media 2.0 was really about now I connect with strangers. And that was Instagram and Snapchat and brand, you know, companies like that, which were now I have my my friends on there, I have my family on there, but I also have a million people that I don't know on there that I'm potentially connected with. And so 
3.0, there's a movement now where social media 3.0 is, is going to be a movement. It's a bit of a backlash to Facebook and even more of a backlash to Instagram. And it's actually separating where you're going to see a separation between social and media. And the social aspect will be a one-to-one -one connection. And that's using, you know, like typical SMS, WhatsApp, um, products like uh, companies like Signal are coming out. And this is really where you're creating very localized groups. And so brands and, and designers are going to have to, you know, have to be able to work in the hyper-local market, not just the mass market, but the hyper-local market where they can connect with ambassadors that can sell in local markets and actually garner data on those local markets using these, these small one-to-one, one-to-group communications. The second evolution of, of, media, of social media in 3.0 will be to media. And you see this um, where the new media is less social, more authentic driven content. So you're gonna have um, uh, pe people up there do, you know, uh, like TikTok, where you have people being extremely creative, very authentic, creative um, uh, content that's going up. You, then you have also, you know, new companies like Clubhouse coming out. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Clubhouse, but it's, it's, it's essentially the next iteration of Facebook, except it's it's 100% voice, and there's rooms or groups within there that you can go and listen to industry experts or celebrities talk about specific talk topics. So it becomes very authentic, very real, and yeah. very educational in many different ways. And so the brands not only today are, are going to be working with the Facebooks, and you actually see Facebooks, you know, month over month, year over year, they're declining. And these are the, you know, the TikTok is the first iteration of social media 3.0. And you're going to see more and more and more companies come out that it, and it's a drive to the authentic. And yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So, so and I, remember, Larissa, I'm, I'm the tech guy and James is the CEO. So I always, I, I, love, <laughs> I love the tech, right? So uh, a couple of things in, in, along the, the question that you had as well. Uh, one of the big things is that we enable you, so if I'm an ambassador, I can support multiple brands. I could have, I could pick out a fine jewelry line and then maybe, you know, some, and then fashion or um, athletic wear, or whatever it is. And I can bring them all into one single shop that I have. So imagine that, you know, I, as an ambassador, I, I represent multiple brands. Ziggy integrates directly into, it makes it possible to make those all shoppable on Facebook and Instagram and other. So normally it's like a one-to-one, -one, like, I'm a brand, you're a brand, you're an, you know, I'm a brand, you're an ambassador and here, here's the shoppable stuff and it's one brand, but we allow you to represent multiple different brands in one Instagram post or in one Facebook post and do it that way. The other piece that's really exciting to us and James mentioned clubhouse is really a push to the authentic. Um, and we, and I was a little wary of clubhouse up front and what they're doing when the audio stuff, I'm like, it's just audio. You don't realize it until you experience it and you realize it really allows people to be truly authentic. And so a, a big thing that we're talking internally about is wouldn't it be wonderful to, you know, when you're on a shop to be able to have conversations with other customers and to have conversations with the brand itself around like, you know, with jewelry, I want to talk about your jewelry. I want to talk to people that have that, that, that own your jewelry and you get these really true authentic experiences because they're not spending hours feeling like how they look in front of a video. They're not spending days and days having to make a picture that they want to share on social media. Um, it's truly authentic when you talk about, you know, when you talk about that. So we think that we want to, we want to support both because that is what it, it's the full picture, right? It's the full solution. Um, and this is exactly where we're going with it. Yeah, that sounds great. I know a lot of people I work with are complaining a lot about social media engagement, especially on Instagram. But my response to that is that's not going to change. It's probably just going to get more challenging. And instead of complaining about it, maybe look for ways to create some of these more authentic experiences that you're talking about, because that really is the future moving forward. So I, I love everything you have to say about that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We're, and you know, it's very exciting to us. Um, and we're not trying to be innovative for innovation's sake. We're just trying to do what we feel is right and what will work, right? Definitely. And that's what we feel. So, <laughs> so a lot of people that I work with get a little bit overwhelmed by omni-channel and all the different options to sell on different channels. And on top of that, to integrate 
those channels. Do you have any advice or guidance about how someone can really like dial in on what is the appropriate channel for their brand and, or how can they integrate it with, with other types of sales channels? So, yeah, I mean, this is a fun experiment. Um, (laughs) And it, I mean, as you know, everyone's been, been trying to master social and figure out, you know, where your, where are your customers, right? And what's the mess, you know, and how am I authentic with my customers and how, how, how do they want to receive my information? Um, and the reality is, you know, you, you talk to a lot of people, you need to be everywhere. You just need to understand the messaging for every platform. And that that's really what we're trying to do. We realize with Ziggy, um, what, what, for instance, Instagram, Instagram for us isn't a place where we sell our product. Instagram is a place where we go to support the brands that work with us. So we just brought on an intern. She goes to University of Florida. Um, Addison is wonderful. She spent she spent the last couple of days just on Instagram supporting our existing brands. I love this. It's wonderful. And, you know, communicating with the, with the brand themselves and really engaging. And that's part of our job is to support our brands. Um, and then we look at it at like a LinkedIn and LinkedIn is much more informative. It's, it's a point of view around what we were just talking about, the transition in the industry. I mean, we're very fortunate in that we're, we have some investors and people that are, um, you know, this is their life and this is where they've invested quite a bit of money. So they have a lot of vision into other companies and what's going to be coming out. But the only thing I would say, so you look at, you know, you look, you look at Twitter and, you know, you have to figure out what are, what is each, what is, what is my message in each one of these platforms and how do I need to, you know, in my calendar of posting, how do I need to, to effectively message on that channel to what audience? But then the next question is really the tough one which is now I'm just dealing with platforms today, but what are the new platforms going to come out tomorrow? Because it's not going to stop. There are trillions of dollars going into companies just like Ziggy. We're not Ziggy, but more like Clubhouse is the world and the Facebooks of the world trying everywhere, not just in the U.S., but globally trying to create these new content platforms um, to really steal our attention, but also you know driving a lot of us mad trying to actually post content on it. So finding... Like you, so for instance, Ziggy, what, one of the things we love about Ziggy is people have, they really don't have a way to manage ambassadors, influencers. And we give them a single pane of glass to go out and not only manage them, recruit them because we have a, a you know, a, a, a Ziggy ambassador network of people in industry willing, you know, wanting to sell products of the brands we're bringing on. Um, but then also the data that comes from that. So are you able to collectively view all of this data in one pane of glass, looking for platforms like that, that won't just, you know, as I was mentioning, just look at what you're managing today and those, um, and all of those mediums, but able to, somebody that is looking at the new mediums coming down the pipe. And that's really where you want to, that's where you want to place your bets because had you placed your bets into Snapchat day one, you probably would have done pretty well. Had you done it in Instagram day one, you probably would have done pretty well. So look to partner with companies that that have that vision, that have that, you know, look for the the infrastructure companies like a Ziggy, I, I know, but it, it but look for, you know, there's there's a lot of players in this space and look to where they're really trying to partner and go to market. And that'll give you guidance as to the new platforms going down. And, you know, this is where Derek and I get back to what is coming is the authentic and creative. So now is the time to, you know, get back, you know, these are all, I, I, I would assume our, your, you know, the audience we're speaking to is extremely creative and much more than I, um, but that this is made for you. This is your time to, you know, I'll give you an example. My, um, I was on with our head of marketing um, just before we got on here and we're talking to a, um, a, a large brand in Paris um, we were talking about having one of their bet, like how could they get creative because they have such an, a very formal old school, not old school, but it's a very formal brand you don't want to touch. She said, well, what if you had a bag and then ambassadors could just replace the image of the bag with their dog. So you're carrying the dog, right? Imagine what brand it is. And they have a, you know, you could put a picture of your dog as though your dog's in the bag. Some might even have a lab coming out of it, right? And just how can you have fun with your brand and be ridiculous and creative to 
either laugh at yourself or do it. That's where we need to get to. And um, that's where a lot of the platforms are going. Thanks, Jared. Bring us home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring, bring us home. Bring us home. Yeah. You know, and also one other thing to mention, Larissa, is that you you, you talk about the Omni channel. Um, and, you know, there are so many things they, they you know, which platform should they be going on? The, the one thing is, is that you're not going to be strong at everything. And this is not, this is, should not be a solo endeavor. I don't care if you're a one person shop that's doing something right now. It's everything gets greater with the team behind you, with people backing you, with people with different experiences and different thoughts. Um, and that's really what we're providing. Like I want, like, I, I don't like Instagram. I never have in terms of like my personal use. I don't use Instagram. I use Twitter because it's like my newsfeed every day and everything like that. Um, you know, it's, and, but I know, you know, a hundred people that love Instagram and are on it day in and day out and understand, and that's where their audience is. So if they could help me with Instagram, that's great. And if other people can help me, like Addison, uh, that James talked about earlier, she loves TikTok. Well, I, it would be great for her to really represent me on TikTok and talk about what she loves about the things that I do and so on. And so really relying, like, think, think, don't think of yourself as a single entity anymore. Think about you are, you are just a team and there, you get a lot of um, encouragement, you get a lot of support, and that's really what we want to provide, right? Great. Yeah. And I think it's so important. Also, I find myself saying this in literally every episode of this podcast, you have to know your target customer too, because if you don't, then you won't understand where he or she is spending the most time. So yes, I think it is important to kind of try out all these platforms and have a presence on a lot of them. But if your target customer isn't there, then you're kind of wasting your time and resources. So it's important to know where they're spending time. You guys got me like thinking all kinds of like philosophical stuff with this discussion. <laughs> like I was thinking like Marshall McLuhan and like the medium is the message and all of this stuff. And I was like, whoa, this is getting heavy. But it, I, think, it is. I think- Which is funny because that's so not us. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be more serious. I try to be more serious. I'll put on my serious face sometimes, but it doesn't work. My son thinks I'm sick. So. <laughs> well, Larissa, here's one of the funny things when you think about, we're, we're worried about all these platforms. Here's one of the things that, that Ziggy enables you to do. It enables you in a way to take your, take your mind off the platforms. I took over our social media for a month to the, well, maybe it was a week. I don't remember, Derek. It felt like a month. I know they were like, what are you doing? But yeah. I learned so much because, you know, managing this for a company, but it's hard. It is a full-time job and, and it's emotionally draining. I felt exhausted, but here's one of the things we enable brands, creators, designers to connect with a group of people that, that do this. So they will, and, and we learned this and I will name this brand. So there's a company called Gymshark. They're in the UK and they are one of the hottest fastest growing direct to consumer brands on the planet. Um, I think they'll do something like 700 million in revenue. They did finish 700 million in revenues. Kid was uh, the, the CEO was 16 when he started the company, not that long from now. Um, and they're just blowing up. We were on with their chief brand officer, Noel, and we were talking about a feature we have where a brand can actually push down their branding to the ambassador to share directly onto social media. So it's almost, a, we call it a branded share where you'd have your stock imagery with even products attached to it. And you could connect it into a feed for the ambassador, just like an Instagram feed for them that they would literally just double touch and it put, puts it on Instagram fully shoppable. Sounds amazing. And his reaction to me was absolutely not. We, that's the last thing we want to do to our ambassadors. Our ambassadors have, all have their own perspective. They all, every single one of them has a following because of who they are. If we start pushing down what we want them to say and do, they'll leave us and they'll lose that creative edge. They'll lose that connection with their followers. And so in some ways, by connecting with ambassadors, you have to do two, th you get to do two things. One is you have, you, it's kind of hard, but you have to let go of creative control and trust that your ambassadors are going to be really creative for you. And they're going to find those new mediums to go on. And at that point, um, you, you know, and this is a big challenge for brands today, but at that point you really unleash the full power of social media, that creativity, that authenticity.
And so you don't have to do all the work. That's one of the beautiful things of Ziggy. You can spread it out over thousands of ambassadors and let them figure it out, right? Different demographics of, you know, different people and let them go to market in different areas and try things, test, right? That's the fun part. That's the fun part of Ziggy. Well, with, with a caveat, with with uh, while still knowing what they're <laughs> while still knowing what they're doing, because you don't want to be misrepresented. Yes. Right. So exactly. we we built we built that in to make sure that if you do, you'll be able to notice if they are misrepresenting you, and you could remove them as you know an ambassador, and they don't have any of course you know affiliation with you at that you know moving forward. But yes, yeah. but James is dead on. Like it's you know you kind of loosen the reins and allow the creativity of other people to really you know do their thing right? And have trust in them. That's a, such a great example with Jim Shark. I thought that story was like going in one direction and then it took a total uh, 180. And I like that they are <laughs> trusting the ambassadors to create content. But as I would kind of echo what Derek said, there has to be some kind of trust there. And you have to know like who these people are, because if they're not reaching your target customer, if they are not authentically interested in your brand, then, I mean, that's just not going to turn out well for you. Yeah. James, James talks about this all the time with, uh, with customers. He goes, you don't want to be like, you know, Jen doesn't want to have her stuff being sold along with, um, someone selling tires, right? Yeah, exactly. It'd be like, she'd be like, what's going on? So, um, and it's nice. You're obviously with, with, well, not obviously, but Ziggy has it where you really have to apply to be an ambassador to a brand or as a brand you can search out through the Ziggy network and find, um, you know, find ambassadors. And we always kind of, it's interesting. We always struggle with, are they, are, is it ambassadors, influencers, creators? We're always trying to find the right word, but it's really just people that, you know, are that love certain brands and want to represent those brands and want to have fun doing it. So, but we can't say that. That'd be a terrible thing on the website, right? It takes well, forever to explain. And, and, and Larissa, you brought up you brought up something earlier around followers, and and there is going to be a big shift around engagement versus followers, and really tracking into engagement. Um, but but when you start thinking about um, you know how Ziggy works and how it empowers the ambassadors to work directly at a local level, if you have somebody that just you know they come on and they sell one piece a month. Right, you go. That's oh, okay, but if you have a thousand ambassadors and you have a platform that can enables you to manage a thousand ambassadors and work with them all in one place, you know, seamlessly on your phone, and a thousand ambassadors sell one piece a month, well, even for the largest brand in the world, that moves the needle. So that's a big deal. So we give you scale, and and we believe that the future is hyper local, not mass influence. We can, of course, manage influencers and, you know, at a mass scale, but being able to go hyper-local and be able to manage more with less and it's higher engagement with less and it's a much better ROI. You know, there's been lots of studies now around ROI on influencers versus micro-influencers versus nano-influencers. And even we, we even like the thing in many cases, the consumer is going to be the best seller because they bought the product. They want to tell all their friends about it. And yeah, I mean, who better to be a great reference than the than somebody who's bought the product already and wants other people to enjoy it as well? So, how do you enable your consumers to sell your products? Right, and that's that's one of the things that that we're really trying to enable in the platform. That's great. So, I would say most people who are listening to this who have some experience or familiarity with influencer slash ambassador ambassadors know reward style and like to know it and. I bet they're wondering how Ziggy's different. Can you speak about that? <laughs> sure. Um, so that's affiliate marketing. And for us, and it, I mean, I don't, I'm not. So affiliate marketing does, um, gives a terrible experience to the consumer, in our opinion. Like, we're all pretty familiar with, like, seeing something on Instagram, and then they have a hashtag that's like, then you go to the site or you know, like, like to know it all of a sudden you click on a link and it opens 10 tabs in your browser. And you're like, am I, is this, am I being scammed right now? You know, this, this kind of, this kind of experience. So a, a couple of things that are really important to us is, um, is that Ziggy is about um, each ambassador, each individual on Ziggy has their own individual shop. So um, like the, you know, Addison we were talking about earlier, she's going to have addisonmeek.com. And on AnnisonMeek.com, she's going to represent 
uh, jewelry that she loves. She's going to represent fashion that she loves. She's going to represent skincare that she loves. And it's her, um, and she's going to go out there and promote her, her shop. So she'll have Instagram shopping just built directly in. She'll, you know, so, so people don't have to go anywhere, but just add a Samik to buy it. Um, and then we do all the handling of the payments and the commission structures to the ambassadors and other things. Um, so that's a, that's a big difference than compared to say affiliate marketing, where you're just kind of posting things and then people have to take those links and go somewhere else to back to the brand. Uh, and it's funny enough, the brands that we talk to absolutely love it because they're still represented but it allows them to, it allows a, a much richer buying experience for the consumer where they can go, I want that piece of jewelry and I want that piece of clothing and I want it now. And I want it, and this is the person that I trust, right? Cause they have a relationship with this, with this individual ambassador. Um, James, do you want to talk a little bit more? We talk about this all the time because when, you know, people ask us what, you know, what, what do you want? What do you want to replace? What is this going to, you know, they, they ask like, if you're going to replace one thing, what are you going to replace? And it's like, well, I want to replace affiliate marketing because it feels a little archaic to me at this point. Yeah, and I, you know, there's lot. There's three perspectives here. There's the brand's perspective, there's the ambassador's perspective, and there's a consumer's perspective. And the, every brand we've talked to said, this solves so many problems. Number one, it's cost-effective, the way we sell our product and the way we work with brands and how we enable them to choose commissions that they're going to give to the ambassadors and actually communicate and really work with their ambassadors and give a seamless experience. And then that translates to the customer, the seamless experience for the customer, where you are checking out multiple brands on the ambassador shop seamlessly. And so the customer experience is actually much more bespoke and you feel much more connected to the ambassador and, and a much more rewarding experience in, in the transaction, as opposed to clicking on a product on the ambassadors, you know, on a, on a marketplace with thousands of other ambassadors all mashed in together with different looks. <laughs> um, and then I'm taking an Amazon site to check out. And that's a little frustrating and they've done very well. So not to take anything necessarily away from them, but it's just a complete, it's, it's apples and oranges as to what we do. Now, the third thing to really look at, and this is probably where the industry is going to change the most and probably where we'll change the industry the most, in, at least initially. Influencers want to be their own brands. I mean, the goal at the end of the day is to be a brand for the, for the good ones, right? And I say there's, you know, just in any, in any industry, there's good and bad. As we said, there's good and bad ambassadors with different representations of the brand. But the key is for celebrities, for influencers for micro influencers to become an actual company and so they can't do that today if they're using affiliate links because the transaction actually happens on a third-party website they don't actually get credit for selling anything so they collect fees well fees don't transact into gmv um, they don't turn into gmv uh, and translate into gmv in in a wall street perspective right so the idea that an influencer could IPO is not crazy, have an initial public offering, end up as a stock. So there's a lot of chatter around building a business. And you start thinking about celebrity influence and being able to build a brand. This is what Gigi Hadid did. She took her following her influence and turned it into a brand by selling product. George Clooney did this with tequila. Um, you know, you can go through multiple celebrities that have you know, made lots of money, you know, maybe a hundred million dollars in film or music, but the second they tied themselves and bought into a brand and then sold that brand or did something with that brand major, whether it's Beats, Dr. Dre, and got, you know, became a billionaire overnight by selling something that they didn't even make. That's all based on the transition from influencer to actually becoming a real brand. So influencers now are, are, are trying to figure out how to become a brand. Well, that's what Ziggy does for them, right? Ziggy gives them a web shop that actually has products in it and they can represent those products and those products generate GMV. Now you have reoccurring revenue tied to your brand. And even if you, you know, if Taylor Swift has a bad album, she still has a, a GMV driven revenue brand. And once she gets above 150 million of consistent revenue year over year, she can become a public stock, right? I mean, effectively and a, and a very successful one at that. So there's a lot of chatter, especially in the venture business uh, in the VC community um, around enabling these influencers to make that move uh, to become corporations. But that starts, 
for us at the lowest level, right? You can do that as, as an ambassador with, you know, only doing a little bit. Well, technically you're a company, you have your own, you have your own brand. So that yeah. I think is the biggest difference between us and anything else anyone else is doing out there. Yeah. Such interesting thoughts. I was also, uh, I wanted to ask more, you were talking about the hyper-local aspect of the potential for Ziggy. And I know that most of the bigger brands today that have an e-commerce presence are really focused on building out omni-channels. So maybe a customer begins the journey on Instagram, then interacts with the brand on the e-commerce website, and then maybe they make a purchase and buy online and pick up in store. And usually in this typical omni-channel model, there's some kind of like in-person touch element to it. Is that Mm -hmm. something that you see building into Ziggy? Is it already a part or is this solely an online transaction in, in that sense. No. So we've been, we've been, uh, we've been working on that. I mean, well, there's really no in-store experience right now. So that's a, that's a big problem right now, of course. But um, the one, the one thing that we have, uh, we have slated is, and, and James talks about this, you know, we, about with the ambassador, with the ambassadors themselves, really having them become the new warehouse and pickup stores as well. So everybody, every e-commerce platform talks about what well, they're going to be competitive. You see it all the time with Amazon. We want to be competitive with Amazon. We're not saying that, but what Amazon has is distribution, right? They have lo- local, you know, you can get things same day. And of course it's very appealing. Um, we want to make sure that we're able to do that as well for the smallest brands, right? We want to make sure the Jennifer DeMoros of the world can get their jewelry to someone in one or two days with someone that knows what they're talking about or jewelry line, right? That can show it in person. Um, and so getting that in, we have uh, our, our, our lawyer, we talk to her about this all the time because it's a big deal. Like there's a lot of logistics around there and how we approach that, but it really solves so many problems. It solves so many problems going from going local. It also solves a lot of problems from a global perspective. People, a lot of our customers in Europe want to be represented in the United States and vice versa, but, and, but the shipping costs are astronomical. So how do you do that? Well, exactly what I was just saying with it, with, you know, turning these ambassadors into little mini warehouses. Um, so. Yeah. Very yeah, interesting. We're able to do that. Yeah. And we're able to do that because of the, 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 you know, if you think about it and where are your ambassadors, your ambassadors are the new retailers, by the way. So, it, you know, we see brands. So, if you, you know, Nike is a great example of this. And so, I, I, I'm um, really good friends with their uh, uh, the number three at Nike, Ariel Strew. She's the uh, chief strategist. And I remember talking to Ariel about this four years ago, and she was talking about Nike almost getting out of the wholesale business, and and, and they were really pushing to digital. And th- she helped us a lot in just you know our discussions and talk. You know, and it was a r- really interesting stuff around the move away to direct to consumer for even for major brands, and especially major brands because they they can throw money at it. And Nike's very smart, so they knew what they were doing. But at the end of the day, they had two thousand wholesale partners. Today they have sixty, and they, they did that within three years. And their profits have gone through the roof going direct to consumer um, with ambassadors. Uh, and, and, and if you can look at the stock price, if you look back three years ago at, at really a low, and they made this transition to eliminate the wholesale channel and go direct to consumer via ambassadors. And it, 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 the stock is on, I mean, the revenues, everything is completely turned around. Uh, they're, they're one of the, you know, again, one of the hottest brands on the planet as always. But so we look at this and we think of our, our ambassadors as the new retail. So why would you go open up a shop in, in uh, you know, in, let's just call it Nice, France, when, well, by the way, just, James, James, li- to- James is in Amsterdam, by the way. So all his references are going to be really nice European locations. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm the two now, because, because that's where, that's because, where they vacation yeah. or they used to. Yes. Well, because we can't travel and you have to think of nice places. So Larissa, it's like you and I Italy. going to San Diego. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is very beautiful. Um, but uh, but you could say, well, let's open a shop in Nice. That would be amazing. Well, you, the logistics around opening a shop and doing all of these, um, you know, just physically getting into a space and inventory and everything that goes along with it, as opposed to just signing on an ambassador in a location. And maybe I'll sign on ten and try different messages and test it out in a local language in a local region. That's the power of Ziggy. So they become your next generation 
retail it. And because of that, then you can start, as Derek was saying, layering on services above that and say, okay, now I'm in Nice, France, and there's a big demand for this one product. Maybe I'll stock it there because we have the data. And you have a heat map as to where your products are selling, where they're not. It's really next generation stuff as far as being able to enable your business to be data driven. Wow. I love that example of Nike. I think that's amazing. So I want to hear whether it's Jen or any other jewelry brands that you can mention specifically how they're making or taking the most advantage of the platform right now and their plans for the future and using it. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. So um, Jen, Jen, uh, um, for better or worse, you know, Jen, of course, is all in on, on Ziggy, of, co- of course, but um, and, and for really good reason. So her web shop itself is based is on, on Ziggy. So she moved off of Shopify and just uses Ziggy to build a web shop just because of how easy it is to manage. Like it's, you know, I think you and I talked about this before where um, you're not, you're not um, uh, restricted by a theme in Ziggy. You can do almost anything you want at any time and change it just from your phone. I want to make it, I want to change the logo. I want to change the coloring. I want to add these widgets and everything like that. It's all mobile. So the first piece was her, like just getting her imagery in and getting her shop up. The next piece that we're doing right now is really um, as, cause we're onboarding. Cause like James said, we started in October. We want to get the right ambassadors on to represent her go- globally. Um, and so we're looking at these individual uh, ambassadors and seeing which ones they are. And the focus for her in the next month is really to build that out. So we want to get her up to about 120 ambassadors that are distributed fairly evenly throughout the globe that represent her really well. Um, and, and that's going to be the focus at, um, moving forward. There, it really is not nothing more than that, right? Um, Jen is also part of what's uh, WJA, the Women Jewelers Association of San Diego, um, I'll be talking with them and presenting Ziggy to them, but we want to make sure you know, the smart, the smart move is to make sure that we get it right and, and do it the right way and have all the data to, to back us. We don't want to just, you know, go out there and represent stuff because um, jewelry for us is a new, uh, is a new vertical. We, we started with uh, skincare, um, which is a huge market, by the way, that I had no idea. Oh, yeah. about. <laughs> is enormous. I, I get on there when we talked about doing skincare and I'm like skincare. And then I find out it's like this multi-trillion dollar, you know, industry um but jewelry is so big to us now and there's and there's so many people like jen that i would i would love to help yeah you know? i mean because their their struggles is, has to be similar it has to be i hear her on the calls with her friends that do jewelry the struggles are the same right so let's get it right with jen and and and, and we're, we're going we're talking with other um uh, with other jewelry companies and yeah and then really make the big push into the vertical I heard a rumor that Jen is the biggest critic of it. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, she made it so, she's made it so, she's made it so much better. Yeah. So it was really built for jewelry, really, because she's been the one. It it had, it was, it was totally built for her. Um, You know, and it's like, you know, at dinner tables, you think that you're going to talk about like, the problem is I hate when she asked me how my day was because she goes like, you know, how's your day? And I go, it's fine. She's like, oh, is it Really? Do you still have, do you have that newsletter widget I asked? You know, <laughs> do, you, do, do you have this? I just talked to Larissa and she said that it needs this and you don't have it yet. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> hold on. Um, and, but it's, it's uh, and I was just talking to the whole team about this yesterday uh, on our team call. I, I was going um, feed, negative feedback and, I, and, and constructive feedback. I shouldn't say negative feedback. Anytime someone says this is amazing, that's it, not helpful. But critical, but 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 coming in with constructive feedback, of it needs to do this to be good, is the most amazing thing in the world, and I love it. And that's why you know when James is talking about grit and perseverance and everything earlier, that's so important because you have to have a fairly thick skin to do amazing things, and you just and you know you're not going to get it right the first time. And so we've gone through iterations and iterations, and we got to this point where when Jen's happy with it which she is happy with it now. And I, then we show it to multi, you know, like billion dollar companies, they're happy with it, right? That nothing changes. It's like, it, it, it's, it's appealing, it appeals to everybody. It's like, good is good kind of thing. Right? I love that. Yeah. Oh man. So true story about, she's scared. true story she about Jen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true story about Jen. She was, I locked the door um, just so she doesn't come in here right now and be like, 
<laughs> you know, because she has a whole list for me right now. Yeah, uh, true story about Jen. She was our our true beta tester, right, all the way through. Um, and we we when we formally we're just about to formally launch, I guess Z Ziggy. Um, I mean, we only launched in October, um, which is kind of crazy. By the way, uh, but. Yeah, and she she came on, and um, we were testing it out. And I actually posted onto Instagram. Literally, just she was she was posting, she was get, putting things out. And we created this feature called the feed, which I was talking about it allows you to push it down, so I could just push it out to Instagram. I was an ambassador for her, and I posted it. And literally within six hours, I got a I got a um, a DM. Hey, I love this necklace. Are there more pieces? And this was a $1,700 necklace, I believe. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And it tells you how much you can make in there. Right. So I was, I had, my commission was like $300. It's all excited. <laughs> and like, so I was laughing. I'm like, absolutely. Here you go. And so I put, and because I have access to all of her products, right. In my Ziggy shop. So I sent them over and it was amazing within literally six hours, I was potentially you know, obviously I didn't take a commission, but it was a sale went in during our beta with Jen's product. She was truly our first sale and yeah. it was amazing. Um, I, it was almost shocking because it was a beta and we were just testing it out and you know, <laughs> I don't have any Instagram followers anyways, cause you know, I'm old, so who cares? <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it was, I was like, man, that's amazing. So I, I know, yeah. true yeah. story about Jen. You, you learn so much because like, uh, so one of the things that Ziggy does is enables you to create what is known as a curated share. It's basically a created in a shoppable post or a shoppable collection. So I can pick and choose the products that I think go together. Like I think, Larissa, I think you would love this ring and this necklace and then um, maybe this uh, blouse or something like that, right? And I can put them all into one little, one little beautiful looking page and send it to you in seconds. And you can just buy with one click, go ahead and buy and purchase. And I showed it to her and she goes, so this is kind of like, a lookbook. And I'm like, what, what's a lookbook? <laughs> you know, like, what's a, apparently a lookbook's a really big deal. So we go down and I had to, we, she, she taught me all the things about what, like, how people are, are creating lookbooks and stuff. And so now when we talk about her reaching out to um, different uh, jewelry stores in Southern California where we live, you know, she's putting together these shares and these collections of things to send out and show them exactly know how it works and she can change them on the fly so if they go if she sends them four necklaces and they go hey do you have a ring she goes oh i'm sorry and just drags it in and it automatically shows up for them right simple things like that and it's just like you know listen to your audience listen to who you're marketing to and i just fortunately happen to be married to one of them right totally so. there's so much potential there i mean i feel like the possibilities are really endless with this kind of platform to empower people who are selling especially independent brands Yep, absolutely. And it's exciting because yeah. you get to, especially in these crazy times that are going on right now. And you have a lot of people that are going out on their own and, you know, try, going on their own and trying to, you know, do the, you know, fulfill their dreams and to be part of trying to, you know, be part of helping them. I mean, you go to sleep at night really, really happy. Of course, you wake up in the middle of the night freaked out because you have your own business and you know, so many things to do, but you go to sleep really well. Yeah. Awesome. So if my listeners are interested and they want to learn more, they want to try it out, what are the next steps for them? So really simple. Um, the good news is, we're, you know, we're still at a stage where it's really white glove service. So you can go up, you can download uh, Ziggy in the app store, um, both Android and iOS. Um, and you can go download it up there, but really reach out to us because we'll help you on board. We'll, we'll work with you on building the web shop. We'll work with you on recruiting ambassadors. We actually have a marketing department that is our, our customer success uh, group is focused on helping brands actually recruit ambassadors as well because sometimes as i mentioned your customers are your best ambassadors we have tools and landing pages that are customized for you as a brand and then we just walk you through this the process and and actually then reaching out to ziggy ambassadors and um yeah it's uh we're actually raising another fund right now because it's all about um customer success customer service. how do we customer service but customer success as well and yeah. how do we train these ambassadors to be effective salespeople for you, the brand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, it's all very clean and easy as far as, uh, I think the, 
the setup is is you can be have a shop up and running in less than 10 minutes with all your products sinking in. It's pretty crazy <laughs> how fast it is. When you think about all the time you spend building a web shop, we do it and it looks amazing, which is even more incredible. Under 10 minutes. It's insane. Yeah. So and uh, I, I talk about this all the time. I don't want you spending your time worried about, you know, worried about every single piece of your web shop. We want to make it really easy where your focus is on creating the things that you love to create and going and reaching out and getting in that network to help you. That's the bottom line, right? Don't, I don't, don't worry. Don't spend months and months and months. And we talk about to brands all the time and they go, we go, so where are you in the process? You know, where are you right now? And they're like, Oh, we have this new initiative where we're redoing the web shop and it's a three, you know, three month thing. I'm like, three months? You guys are crazy. Yeah. crazy. Three months. I'm like, what exactly are you trying to do? I mean, is it, you know, is it solving world hunger here? Because there's no way that it, you're it just it blows our mind. And we want to remove that. That's you should not have to be focused so much on that. Right? Yeah. So well, thanks so much, Derek and James, for coming on my podcast. I'm wondering if you have any additional thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap up today. No, this was really, really fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, thank you. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun for sure. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, as, as Derek said. Um, an honor to speak with you and thanks for sharing us with your listeners. Thanks, guys. It was such a pleasure to be able to speak to Derek and James from Ziggy and to learn more about their platform. If you want to learn more about it or even sign up for yourself, you can visit ZiggyShop.com. And Ziggy is spelled Z-I-G-Y. That's ZiggyShop.com. If you have comments or questions, you can always email me Larissa, that's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A, at joyjoya.com. I love hearing from my listeners. And as a reminder, my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy, is available to purchase. You can visit joyjoya.com slash book to, to learn more about Jewelry Marketing Joy and to get a copy for yourself. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information about marketing services for your jewelry brand, visit joyjoya.com where you can download our free ebook, Proven Conversion Strategies for E-Commerce Jewelry Retailers.